0: Welcome to My Name Is Not Steve, the podcast by storytellers about storytelling with people not named Steve. Hey, this is Pete Bauer. And my name is Dorothea Bauer. (laughs) And this is My Name Is Not Steve.
1: We're still not named Steve.
0: (laughs) Suddenly it's Southern now. Why does
1: that happen? (laughs) I can't help it. Sometimes Southern just comes in.
0: So you're fighting a little Benadryl, are you?
1: I'm fighting Benadryl.
0: Yeah, because you have a cold. Well, actually, you don't have a cold. You have an allergy.
1: Yeah, to cats. To cats. and Because they're the root of all evil. I know some people think it's Satan, but it's cats.
0: (laughs) Our mythologies are completely wrong. Anyway, we're storytellers who talk about storytelling.
1: Yes, we are.
0: <laughs> are you going to talk How like is that? today
1: going? Well, you know, I'm afraid that if I leave this voice behind, I won't be able to find it again. And uh, I just think it's thing. really interesting. It's kind of fun to talk in a different voice. Don't you think this is a very interesting conversation? I mean, if you look at all of our conversations in the past, then this one is definitely on a different level, don't you think? I don't want to think about this conversation. <laughs> well, that is just a foolish decision on your part. Are you going to
0: talk normally? That- <laughs> this is driving me nuts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a yes.
1: I <laughs> just stop. I think just that. Stop. I guess- <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: all right, Dorothea. So this episode, <laughs> I don't have any updates. I didn't. We didn't even do an update in the last show.
1: That's we're do- because we're boring people, except when we're. T- <laughs> <laughs> we
0: we're um we're doing these back to back, and because again I'm having surgery, so I'll be out. Actually, this episode I'll be in recovery. Wow, man, I feel suddenly a lot worse. I feel you know like my stomach's on fire, and I'm all medicated, and I'm drugged up on some heavy duty narcotics. Eh, it's not so bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I-, I wanted to talk a little bit on this episode about. The evolution of, of friendships, especially from childhood to adulthood, because that's one of the things that happens in the Gabby Wells universe, and it's happened to all of us, you know, obviously, and we can relay that to some shows and things like that. So in the Gabby Wells universe, Gabby and Emma have been best friends since elementary school, and now that they're entering their adulthood, their young adulthood, you know, they're starting to grow apart, and, th- and that's pretty common, actually. It's very hard for people to maintain relationships over the different phases of their life because what interests them, what happens to them in their life or their families or whether they stay or move or whatever, it's really hard for friends to stay friends that long just because people change.
1: I just think people aren't willing to invest the effort. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> Keeping that going, you guys have nothing in common. Get over it. Yes, yeah,
0: just just sit there and just make do him. it. Well, you know, it is Nike different. Would
1: agree with me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's it's different for guys though because guys don't need a lot of maintenance for their friendships to exist. And one thing I realized about men because
1: they don't do anything. All the women do stuff for them. Oh. <laughs>
0: The thing about men is that they just need shared interests and shared experiences. And that's all their friendship really needs. So my best friend, Tim, we've been friends since high school and we both love movies. We both love sports and we're very similar in our faith and so on and so forth. So, that's been the the basis of it, you know, the foundation of it, that whenever we get together, we usually get together and we'd watch a football game or we'd watch a movie.
1: And it's very entertaining because when you're with him, you become a 15-year-old again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tim and I do revert a little bit. But that's all guys really need, honestly. But like any other relationship, there has to be core aspects of the personalities that are similar, that don't end up, you know, butting each other's heads. I think we've all been in relationships where... They kind of evolve over time and you find yourself not really being yourself around people, right? You're being the person that you think they expect you to be. And I think those are destined to fail because you just get tired of doing that. You know, you end up being like...
1: It's because you're not brave. (laughs) Is that what it is?
0: So I think that's difficult. And I think eventually those relationships always fall apart.
1: I do remember growing up, though, and you always used to tell me that friendships founded in faith are the strongest kind Yeah. because you're on the same page with the really important things and your faith is such a personal and profound experience that having that common background means that no matter where you go in life, when you come back together with someone, that will be the same. That core thing will be the same. All of the other aspects of your life may have changed, but that your faith will be the same, and that's something that you can talk about and and identify with that person with.
0: Yeah, I've always said that any relationship founded with the Holy Spirit will last because the Holy Spirit's eternal, you know, that God's eternal. So, right. And I have found that true, even my friends in my life, that we grew together through our faith. Even though we may not see each other a lot, I still consider them friends. You know what I mean? Because there's that connection. There's, There's that eternal connection.
1: And unfortunately, sometimes as you grow up, things happen in your friends' lives or in your own life that just change you. And you're not able to be the person that you were before, whether it's a death in the family or moving or things along those lines. Sometimes some things happen and you're not able to be the lighthearted person you were before. Sometimes your life is more gravity. Like for kids who've lost a parent, their life is just different. And they're not able to have the same innocence that they had before they lost them.
0: Right. And that's what Gabby deals with in the Gabby Wells novel as she lost her mother. And so... That always hardened her and so that actually worked the opposites worked in Gabby and Emma's relationship early on because they were both more lighthearted. they were little kids it hardened her a little bit but at the end she was still just a kid you know and so she and Emma would have a lot of fun and, and Emma was like the silver lining for Gabby but as Gabby's gotten older and the weight of that loss grows on her the separation gets greater and now that God seems to be calling Gabby to do different things I mean, Gabby can't really, no one can understand that. You know what I mean? Joan of Arc, maybe. I mean, I don't know. There's not a lot of people in Gabby's life that she can rely on to really understand that. So it even puts a greater natural wedge between her and Emma. It's not that they don't want to remain friends. It's just, it's getting more difficult for them. You know, when I was growing up, one of my best friends growing up was Johnny Guess. And he lived across the street. That's a perfect example of a relationship that as kids, you know, and you know, I've actually seen this as a little league coach. Kids before puberty, they're really simple and they can get along really easily because it's all about play. You know what I mean? It's all about make believe and play. And what I've realized is when kids hit puberty, that's when you start to see the consequences, good or bad, of their home life. I can't tell you how many times where you'd see a kid who's really awesome and you know they don't come from a great home. And as soon as they hit puberty, they go down the exact same path that their parents did. You know? And then you'll see kids who come from a good home and they just turn into really nice young people. And so it's not surprising then that, you know, because obviously puberty is a time where you're expressing your independence, where you are trying to define who you are. And as you're doing that, it may be very different from the kid you used to be when you played with your friends. So Johnny Guess and I were really great friends until until like middle school, high school, because We just grew apart. You know, I was growing more in my faith. I was hanging out more in our youth group. And Johnny wasn't Catholic, so we didn't go to the same youth group. And again, for guys, it's shared interests, shared experiences. And so I ended up spending all my time with my brothers and my friends in in the youth group. And we'd play sports every Sunday. And we'd go to movies a lot. And that was our thing. So so I'm always really amazed about friendships that last long. Uh, You know, my son, one of his best friends, is a guy who grew up across the street with Robert. And they're still friends today, and they're in college.
1: It's so sweet because Robert is such a grump a lump. <laughs>
0: he can be, not always.
1: No, he <laughs> is pretty much always. But whenever Gabe's around, he usually, you see that little boy in him again.
0: Yeah, they have a lot of fun together. They bring out the best in each other, I think. And my son has another friend who they got to know each other on T-ball. Her name's Elaine, and they've known each other since four. And that's just amazing to me. I mean, it because they're still friends, even though they're going to different colleges and everything. But the fact that my son, and he also has another friend, Nick, and there's these three friends, Robert, Nick, and Elaine, that he's had almost his entire life.
1: That's awesome. And
0: it's rare. I mean, he I don't think he appreciates how blessed he is to have those friendships. And I hope his friends realize how blessed it is to have those relationships because it's really easy to take them for granted because they've always been there. Mm-hmm. And that's when you lose them. You know what I mean? I think it's great. I look at that and I'm like, man, that is so awesome. And I'm always pushing him to stay connected with them because you don't want to lose that. Because once you lose it, it's done. You know what I mean? And suddenly that streak, you know, so to speak, like a baseball term is over. Now, we have relatives that actually knew each other since they were in...
1: Third grade, I think.
0: Yeah. And now they're married and have kids.
1: Mm-hmm. Now they that- only dated each other.
0: Right. I mean, so it's my nephew, Phil, and his wife, Cassie, and they got to know each other in elementary school. And they liked each other back then. And then they continued. And it's amazing because they went through all these phases where, you know, you're a little kid and then you're an annoying teenager, <laughs> right? And then you're kind of figuring life out. And then you're a little more mature and a little more grown up. And through all of this stuff, they stayed together. And it's amazing. That's one of the most amazing stories to me. Yeah, It's just amazing. I'm just stunned by that, that sort of long-term relationship because it is so hard because... Think of who you were five years ago.
1: No. (laughs) See, I'm the opposite. I... (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm not someone... I was a very, 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 very girly girl as a child. No.
0: Where was I? Oh, wait. (laughs) I was there.
1: And so my cousin, she keeps bringing up things I did as a child, and it's physically painful for me (laughs) to hear this stuff. So I'm not someone who would want... To catch up with people that I knew when I was in second grade.
0: I'd <laughs> yeah, be like, what happened to you?
1: <laughs> and, um, you were a girly girl. You loved
0: <laughs> princesses and you loved to make believe. and uh, You know, especially when the camera was on. Because I took I, a lot of home movies.
1: Apparently, I was semi-normal. I was never completely normal. But <laughs> You're you still and, not, actually. You <laughs> and mom have told... Me that I was like semi-normal, but there's literally no evidence of no, that. No, Because whatever the camera was on, was Only like, oral <laughs> tradition. That's all that exists. a oh, Father. Yes, you Isn't would. the world such a magical place?
0: <laughs> uh, but you look at that person, right? Mm-hmm. And then you look at who you are now. And just the person you were when you were in college, right? And the person you are now. It's just amazing that... I mean, we're supposed to change. We're supposed to grow. I keep telling my wife that how horrendously immature I was as a child, right? And my brothers and all my friends can attest to this. And also I was insanely naive too. So you put those two things together and no matter what happened, raising you and my son, I'm like, they'll be fine because I was worse, right? I was one of the laziest people ever. I tried to get away with as much as humanly possible. I, had, you were
1: the youngest. I was
0: the youngest, I was the youngest of eight. So by then my parents were like, are you breathing? Good, enough said.
1: I just think it's so funny that you were such a lazy child because I never believed you when you said that grandpa would say, Pete, you're not afraid of work. You'll walk right up to work and lay down next to it (laughs) because you're such a hard worker because you've always been a loving husband and father as long as I've known you as your daughter. So I never believed you when you said that you were such a lazy kid because I couldn't reconcile that image with the dad that I grew up knowing. Yeah. And then you told me a story about being in high school and putting on a pair of pants. (laughs) And you said they were they were said, very
0: tight. You said they were I, a
1: little tight when you put them on, yeah, but you didn't change because they were already on. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is for all the listeners. And then it became completely clear. What your childhood was probably like and why grandpa said the things that he did. I mean, seriously.
0: (laughs) My dad was really funny. One of the things he said to my sister, Loretta, she had an awful messy room. He opened up the door and I think she was in there and the room was a mess. And he'd go, "Uh, I'd vomit in here if I think you'd notice. (laughs) It's just awesome. Anyway, but not only do you mature and you, you know, at some point are willing to change clothes when they no longer fit. (laughs) At some point. But also the people that come into your life alter who you grow into being. And that can also change the relationships you have with your childhood friends. You know, I was just talking to my wife this morning, and she was talking about my son's in his first year in college. You know, my wife will find something to worry about. She's really good about that. And so she's worried about him in college. And I said, listen, he's fine. And she's like, you keep saying that. I'm like, well, because I was one of the laziest children in the world and now I'm a pretty pretty damn hard worker. So I think he'll be fine if he finds his way, you know? And she's like, well, how can you say that? And I said, because at this point in my life at his age, I finished my first year in college with a 1.1 GPA.
1: That's like trying to fail, man. (laughs) How do you get that low?
0: (laughs) It was not easy. (laughs) Um, It was a combination of things, depression, laziness distance my brothers Paul and Charles finished high school and we going to junior college and as I was finishing high school they were going to go to the University of Florida and my mom said since you guys are so close why don't you just go with them so you can be <laughs> together so we went up there and my brother Paul and I shared a trailer Charles was married at this point so he and Betty had a an apartment and Paul and I were living in this trailer it was a nice trailer it wasn't like a trailer park trailer like you think of now is like student housing trailers but there was no cable, and the reception was awful. So we had two channels. We had a small black-and-white television. And I also I didn't understand how college worked. I had really, really early classes. And you know what happens when you're on your own for the first time and you have really early classes? You don't go. You just don't go. <laughs> That's just what happens. I was an awful, awful student. And so this brings me to my point I just made. So in my second year in college, my first year I was 1.1. 1. 1. My second year in college, I met a girl named Sue. It was actually funny. I met her. I was telling my parents how bored I was and how depressed and lonely I was. And they're like, well, isn't there a Catholic organization you can go to? So there was the Newman Club on campus. I said, well, I'm just going to go. I went to the Newman Club. It ended up being the last Newman Club meeting for the year. (laughs) It was was really great. (laughs) The last thing I went to in my freshman year. But Sue was there and so the next year I I saw her again and we started dating. We dated for three years and if it weren't for Sue, I have no idea who I would be because she helped me mature. She just pushed me in the right direction, you know? And we didn't obviously end up staying together because we grew apart like we're talking about now. But without her, I would not even be close to the person I am today. And then I was just telling your your mother this morning, I said, without her, I wouldn't be the person I am. So it's not only who you are and who you grow into, but the people that, like I said, cross your path, that kind of influence you, direct you, guide you, that also alters your direction, and that can lead to a separation of friendships. That's why I'm always amazed, like I said, about friendships that last forever.
1: But life is full of growth and change, and unfortunately, that's not always reflected in Hollywood. It tends to be, especially in the case with television shows, where characters grow to a certain point and then they stay the same to maintain status quo, to maintain a sense of humor. This is especially common on sitcoms. But a really good example of that is actually Friends. Because Friends was a really funny show, and it was fantastic, and we loved watching those characters. And then in the later seasons, they were just existing. It wasn't about moving forward. It was just about keeping things.
0: Yeah, I mean, because if you look at the characters' growth, obviously the Rachel character played by Jennifer Aniston, she grew into being more responsible and not a daddy's girl, so to speak. And Chandler grew, uh, Monica grew, and everyone grew. Joey became less of a chauvinist. But Ross actually devolved into oh a punchline, right? Was ridiculous he, by the end of the show, right? He started out as a really smart guy, kind of insecure. lovable, insecure guy, to a buffoon, mm-hmm. right? You know what <laughs>
1: I mean? It's an apt choice of words. Yeah.
0: So, and that's one of the things where you know the show lasts so long that they have to do something, right? And they're also struggling with this on The Big Bang Theory. You know, once they start entering relationships, which are natural for characters to do. But then everything changes, and then you have to be careful to allow the relationships to grow in an honest way. But like in Ross and Rachel, That, they you know, they were together, they broke up, they were together, they broke up kind of thing. And as that went along, he became more and more of a child. He became like an infant in so many ways, (laughs) you know?
1: Well, I really appreciate the show The Office, actually. Because of its mockumentary format, they kind of held more to the life-changes-and-you-move-on situation. I mean, you still had the cast, and so there were still ridiculous situations that they came back. But the characters did grow consistently. The main love story of that show was Jim and Pam. And at the end of the second season, you know, you had the unrequited requited love and Jim tells Pam how he feels even though she's engaged to someone else and she says no because she's engaged to someone else so he transfers branches because that's what you would do you wouldn't stay in the same branch with someone you're in love with when you can't be with them and stare at them every day like you just (laughs) right
0: and go wow this sucks today too
1: you wouldn't do that you would transfer to another branch And I appreciated that they made that choice. Michael Scott's character grew. He met a woman and then he left the show and got married. Like That's what happened with the character because that was the character's growth and I appreciated that they did that. The thing that I did not like was that after Steve Carell left the show, they still needed to maintain the reason people watched the show, which was for the Michael Scott character and for the Jim and Pam love story. They should have just ended the show. Right. But instead, They had the Michael Scott character replaced with Andy, and then they changed his character to kind of suit that. And then they created another dynamic with Jim and Pam and the receptionist, which became Aaron and then originally Andy. And then it became another guy, Pete. And like it was just they were trying to recreate and retell that story because that had been successful for them. But well, it's
0: working really well on Castle.
1: So, (laughs) But it didn't ring true. And that was the unfortunate thing. I really actually hated what they did with Antti because even though he was a ridiculous character, at the beginning seasons, he was ridiculous, but he was believable. He was a believable, ridiculous character in the world of The Office. Because the thing that you told me is that comedians always take their work seriously. The reason that things are funny is because the characters are being serious. And I hated that they went from Andy being a pitiable character who's funny and just weird to almost a little offensive and very selfish and rude.
0: Yeah. You know, in our last episode, we talked about letting the story go where it needs to go, and we also talked about that you need to also listen to your audience. And this is an issue and a challenge that these successful shows have where whatever that secret sauce is that started the show that allowed it to catch fire. When the story takes the path it needs to take, often that has to change. Like we're talking about relationships change, people change. And then they try to recreate it. And it's every time they try to recreate it, it's it's always a lesser version of its previous self. So it can never be as successful. You know, Steve Carell made The Office, period.
1: That's what it was. It was about right.
0: him. Right. Without him being the lovable idiot he was, you know, it just doesn't work. So they, they try to, they had so many people come in. Remember they had all these guest stars come in after Steve Carell left. Trying, James
1: Spader, Will, Will Ferrell, yeah, a bunch of people. Right,
0: trying to find that thing that would click. All those shows eventually have a kind of a, a weak ending because if they had planned it and were okay with ending their jobs on that show, they would have they would have ended it more powerfully. But then you have movie series where the characters exist for a long period of time like The Avengers. And those characters aren't really going to grow and change that much because they can't. The dynamic is them. It's kind of, you know what it kind of reminds me of? Hmm. is like a family. No matter who you are, no matter how old you get, when you come home and you hang out with your brother, you're going to revert back to being (laughs) those people. You know what I mean? I've seen that with some of my brothers and sisters have large families. I'll talk to one of the kids individually and then as soon as the group collective comes in, they fit right back into where they fit in that group. Hmm. The person that's the most bold remains the most bold. The person who was bold when he's alone or she's alone suddenly reverts to being the quiet person when the when the normally bold person is in the room. So it's a comic book universe. But the idea that outside of that group dynamic, they may grow, they may become different people. But when they get into that group dynamic then they obviously revert back to their roles that made them successful in the first place. So that's a little different. You're not going to find a lot of growth in the Avengers. I mean, Robert Downey Jr.'s character is is only going to grow so much, right? But he's still going to be Robert Downey Jr. And, you know, one of the things that I realized, there was a time in our life, and I guess it all comes down to this, really, this this whole discussion comes down to when, when you're talking about characters either in a book series or in a television show, movie series, or even, you know, people in your own life, you really have to appreciate when things are going well because everything changes. Everything ends. There was a time in our life where you guys were involved in homeschooling, Things were going really great for me at work. My wife was singing in the Life Teen band. That band was amazing. The pastor was amazing. Going to church was amazing. Like our, we had Bible studies. All of our friends were together. It was just an amazing time. And then, like two years later, it was vastly different. Mm-hmm. And after that, I just kind of realized that you have to, you have to appreciate it for when it is, you know, for when it occurs. So whether that's a, a friendship you have as a child. It's hard to appreciate that when you're a child. But you know what I mean? That childhood relationship, or even that friendship you have in college. You know, there's been times where, when you have children, for example, you'll have a group of friends that will exist in your life because all of your kids are the same age. So they're all going to the same school or they're all involved in the same youth group or they're all homeschooled together or whatever. And those friends come and they're really awesome. And then when your kids get older, they leave. And then you have friends that are around when your kids are in college and when they're married and so on and so forth. So very rarely do you have those friendships that last so long. And, and again, that's why I'm amazed by the ones that, that do.
1: It's so cool just to see that growth. And again, that was another lesson that you made sure to teach me as I was growing up is to appreciate everything that's happening while it's happening because everything is temporary. And, you know, actually going and talking about how people evolve and change, there was a children's book that I remember loving as a kid called Flipped. And it was told in first person from two perspectives between a character named Bryce, if I remember correctly, and a character named Julie. And when Julie first met Bryce, bryce he moved in across the street from her she was just head over heels like had such a big crush on him and he thought she was weird and he didn't want anything to do with her and then they started growing up and she had a crush on him for all of these years and then something happens in the book where she stops liking him she doesn't want anything to do with him and when she's not around he starts to miss her so it's flipped right then he starts to like her and she doesn't like him And I wonder, you know, how that happens, too, as kids grow up and life changes. But I remember loving that book because I'm a character person and I love Julie's character. I thought she was an amazing young person. And I I really wanted to be a lot like her as a kid, even though Bryce thought she was weird. I didn't like Bryce. So (laughs) (laughs) I thought he was shallow.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, that reminds me. I remember when you were about seven, you really wanted to be an adult. You were always kind of a little adult anyway.
1: Yeah, I've been 30 in my head since I was like two.
0: But you really wanted to be an adult. And I remember taking you to a calendar on our wall. And I remember saying to you, I was like, you know, Dorothea, let's imagine that you're going to live to be 70, which for a seven-year-old is infinity. You know what I mean? It's like impossible to imagine. You're like, oh, okay. And I said, so if you look at this calendar, each day on this calendar is like 10 years of your life. So you're going to live all the way until Saturday. And you're like, okay, I understand that. And I was like, so you're seven. You're like in the middle of Sunday at the beginning of the week. You're just like past noon. I said, you're only going to be a kid until like lunchtime on Monday. And then the rest of your life, the rest of the week, you're going to be an adult. I said, so just enjoy being a kid until lunch on Monday. And I'll never get, because you kind of looked at me and went, oh, that makes sense. You know, and you're like, Okay. And then you never, was ever asked. It the greatest asked, lesson. You never asked again for, to be to be an adult. You're like, no, nope, I'm going to take this kid time as much as possible, you know.
1: Because when you look at all those other days, you're like, wow, I really only have this little amount of time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you have till lunch on Monday. And, you know, that actually came up just the other day. My son and I were talking about something. But he was impatient with how things were happening in certain parts of his life. And I said, Gabe, you know, don't worry. You're only at about 11 p.m. on Monday. I'm sure everything you want will occur by morning Tuesday.
1: I'm already on Tuesday. I know. I've only got until Saturday.
0: <laughs> anyway, but it's really important to understand that things will change and that those relationships in your life will change. So, Dorothea, what entertainment would you recommend that kind of captures the evolving changes in relationships that you have over the course of your you know, a young adult life?
1: Well, I think I've actually already recommended this on this podcast, but Boy Meets World to me is such a great show about learning and growing up. Absolutely. But a book series that I remember loving as I was growing up was The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Um, that was a good series about growing and changing and having a pair of pants that are magical.
0: (laughs) Unlike the ones that I couldn't, that didn't fit me when I was in high school.
1: (laughs) But what was cool about that book is that it had four main characters and each of them went on their own journey, but they came back and their friendship survives through the struggles and that's cool to see.
0: Right. And that's kind of what I'm dealing with, with the evolution of the characters in the Gabby Wells series. I really love these characters. I love them. They really, I mean, I know they're imaginary, but I just love their personalities. I've been, they've been in my brain for so long. And it's so cool to see how these things evolve because there've been times where something has to happen for the story. We talked about before the story has to take its own path. And there are times where. Two characters after a certain amount of experience going through all these different things at this particular moment would alter their relationship in a way that I never anticipated before, but it's the natural outgrowth of that. And so I'm really intrigued to see how different their relationships will be at the end of this series than I anticipated when I started writing.
1: It's cool to see how they've grown and changed and how you and I have imagined them differently and how that's led to different choices too.
0: Yeah, they're so different than what we originally talked about. But again, we basically backtracked and made their experiences far greater and far more impactful than we than we started out with. So obviously they can't be the same people or otherwise it would be bones.
1: <laughs> All right, so up.
0: if I had to recommend anything that kind of represented my childhood and the sort of changes you go through, there's there's kind of two movies which really don't belong together, that kind of (laughs) remind me of my childhood. The first is The Bad News Bears. And The Bad News Bears is about a Little League team and a coach who's kind of a drunk who kind of leads them to win, right? And they're a ragtag group of kids. And the reason I love that movie is because, one, we all kind of knew someone like all the characters on there. I mean, they're, they're obviously movie caricatures, some of them, but you kind of knew that. But more importantly, that's what Little League was more like, Than it is now you know growing up in my son playing baseball everything's very organized everything's very professional you have access to all this stuff on professional hitting and you have professional players teaching people when we were growing up it was a dad hitting the ball, and you just kind of played a scrimmage. (laughs) And there was no teaching. That's what amazes me. When you look back at people who were actually successful in baseball before the modern age, and I mean like the internet age, I don't know how they mechanically figured stuff out because they're so brilliant at it. And how they naturally figured out how to hit or throw was the most optimal way to do that. But when we were growing up, it was just a dad in in his jeans and a shirt, you know, coming from work and just hitting a ball. And we just play catch, and it was so unorganized baseball. Like right now, it's very much organized baseball. It's so unorganized baseball. And that's what that movie really represents to me is 70s baseball. And the other movie is E.T., which
1: is adorable.
0: Is adorable. And it's not about aliens in this respect. (laughs) It's such a weird combination. So the reason I love E.T. and it kind of represents a certain part of my childhood is because we used to ride our bikes everywhere. That movie kind of captures, like Bad News Bears captured Little League at that time, E.T. really kind of captured riding bikes around at that time. That was because I also grew up in a neighborhood that was being developed a lot. You know, so we were one of the first people to live in that neighborhood and all the houses were being built around us. So there's scenes at the end of the movie where they're riding their bikes, trying to save E.T. and get them to the landing spot for the ship or whatever. That didn't happen to us. But there was a lot of time where they're riding through neighborhoods that are in the process of being built and they knew all the shortcuts and they could jump and whatever. And riding a bike was one of the most insanely critical things in my life as a kid. Cause we used to ride everywhere. We were in a part of Florida that was growing. So there was a lot of construction and things like that. There were as we talked about a couple of podcasts ago, there was big piles of dirt that we would ride our bikes on and make jumps out of and we used to make wooden jumps and jump over each other and jump over we throw it on nails and broken glass and jump over that
1: i'm sure your mother would have loved to know that
0: yeah we would jump into the bay we put a we put a uh there was this one like outlet for the sewage not not like sewage sewage like bathroom sewage but runoff from gutters that would go into the bay and they had these two cement seawalls that would extend out into the bay like an H. And so these two legs of the H would go out into the bay about six feet. And so we would sometimes either put a little ramp at the end of that, or we'd just ride our bikes off of it into the bay, because you could do anything, right? Because you could jump and you'd always be safe when you landed, because you're hitting water, right? So then you'd pull your bike out and we had to rinse them off or else they'd rust to everything. But anyway, it was really cool. Riding a bike was, like I said, one of the most important things in my childhood. And E.T., when they're riding their bikes around, especially at the end of the movie, it's like, yep, that's exactly what my friends and I used to do. I used to ride. We used to ride all the way down from our house to downtown St. Pete to the pier. So that's like 10 miles or something like that. I mean, it was an insane distance. And our parents back then, it was safer. So my mom would go, don't come home till dinner. And we'd be like, what do you want to do? And like, well, let's go down to the pier. You know, (laughs) we just ride our bike forever. And spend all day doing it. So anyway, E.T., especially for the bike scenes.
1: You know what my favorite line from that movie is? Because when I was watching that movie, I really identified with it because I was learning how to drive. I've never driven forward before. Because you only ever back the car out of the driveway and then they're trying to escape. He's like, I don't know what to do now.
0: You know, one of the things my parents did, which I guess it's when you have eight kids, right? You realize there's only so much that can happen. My dad was a dad for 20 years before I was born, right? He, he had been a dad a long time. So it, nothing surprised him. And when I, one of my chores was to wash the car. And so he would actually let me, when I was like 13, 14 years old, drive the car into the grass so the water wouldn't be wasted. So I got to learn how to drive a stick that way. So the fact that my dad would let me back the car up and then put it into the grass, like facing the house. Like if I made a mistake, I would drive into the house, you know, and then I'd wash the car and then I'd put it back. Like the, and that's how I learned to drive stick before I ever had my license.
1: Wow, I never knew that. Yeah,
0: amazing. And I do remember one time I washed the car and I said, you know what, you're just not aware as a kid. So, like, I thought I was all done, you know, and then my dad's, like, comes out to look at it, and he's like, and there's this massive miss. Like, there's this dirt, the size of, like, half the door. And he's like, well, you missed a spot. (laughs) And and, and I'm like, how did I miss that? That was so embarrassing. Anyway, so, yeah, I can only drive reverse. I I totally get that. So, anyway, that is kind of... I don't know. I didn't mean it to be like a trip down memory lane, but the only thing I have, obviously... But welcome
1: to our trip down memory lane. <laughs> yeah.
0: When trying to talk about the evolving relationships from childhood to adulthood and, and through your adulthood, obviously, you know, I'm going to tap into my own experience, but it does happen in the Gabby Wells novel series, and I think it's another layer of, of authenticity that happens there is that unlike certain sitcoms or TV shows that we're not fans of, the relationships don't remain the same. They change over time, so... So that's it, Dorothea, Bad News Bears, in E.T. for me... Boy Meets World and...
1: The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. For you. There yep. you. Yeah.
0: There we go. This is the last of our pre-recorded, while well, I recover from surgery pieces. The next time you hear me, my voice will probably be a little weaker. So they intubate you, which means they put the thing down your mouth so you can breathe. And so it does kind of screw up your vocal cords for a while.
1: It feels like you've been taking Claritin for a month and there's nothing to lubricate <laughs> your, your throat at all. It's so painful.
0: Yeah. So I'll sound a little scrappy and scraggly. But I want to thank you for being with the show today and for always. You know one thing we have not asked for in a long time? Reviews. If you would like to leave a review on iTunes of our show, we would certainly like that.
1: And if you have any suggestions or topics that you want to hear about, please email us at Pete at PeteBowerBooks.com.
0: Or comment in the comment section on this blog.
1: Absolutely.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Dorothea. Thank you, Father. Thank you, all three fans. (laughs) And we'll see you guys.
1: Especially you, Barbie
0: especially why especially her because she had her moment in the sun
1: yeah but i talked to her the other night and for a while she would never be able to tell if we were talking about her on the podcast or not we'd be talking about a listener and she's like i wonder if they're talking about me <laughs> and so i'm like barbie we're always talking about you
0: <laughs> all right well i guess i'll let so especially that go. you barbie <laughs> all right we'll see you guys next time
1: bye